Hello, hello! Welcome to Unit 2.2, where we'll be discussing some gobbets of Mark. We're looking to three passages today, Mark 4.41, Mark 10.17-18, and Mark 14 verses 35. Now the first thing to remember when answering the gobbets, context, context, context. Hence, knowing the whole context of Mark is key. Remember your Unit 2.1 on Mark. Why was Mark written? Whom was it written for? How did Mark weave in the stories? What were the genres? So be aware of all this, hence I would have expected you to have read through all the Gospels. You do not have to remember everything, because this is tough to do so. You just need to understand the consistency of what the Gospel is and who Jesus is in Scriptures. And when you answer the Gospels, you should be able to attempt it. My name is Andrew, your facilitator. Let's go! Now, Mark 4, 41. Let me read. And they were filled with awe, and they said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I want you to pause it now and just write down what you think and you know. Challenge yourself and see whether it is the same as what I will unpack. Now, the context is this. It was following the incident when Jesus calms the storm and Jesus was with the disciples in the boat together. Now remember when answering gobbets, if possible, do not always retell the whole story unless it is truly necessary. And so for here, you will need to point out what just happened to get this response. Right? They were the, the whole filled with awe. Because here, because they were terrified. And you will need to answer based on these questions. Who is they? Why were they terrified? And who are they talking about? Now, they here refers to Jesus' disciples, and they are talking about Jesus himself. So, if the context of this verse is them being in the storm, then the point here is they were terrified because Jesus rebuked the wind, and it died down completely. Hence, in awe, because even the wind and the seas obey him. You get it? Next. What is the significance of the winds and the waves being in obedience to Jesus? It is to show that Jesus himself has control over creation. We call this the nature miracle and it emphasizes his authority over nature itself. And if you can use scripture to interpret scripture, it's even better. For here, I will go to Psalm 77 verse 14 where it says, You are the God who performs miracles and you display your power among the peoples. The greatest of miracles, let me tell you, in the Bible prove the greatness and the power of God. And then comes the whole context of Mark. The display of this power over the nature further authenticates that Jesus is the prophesied and promised Messiah, and the miracles affirm his role as the Savior. Next, Mark 10, 17-18 Let me read. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And the context of this is, it was a story of a rich young man who approached Jesus Jesus was teaching in Judea at that time. And this is at the start of Mark 10 that you find him being in Judea. 
Now you'll find the similar story, but not really the same in Luke 18. Uh, 18, 18, yeah. Now we need to pause and ask ourselves, what is the significance of a good teacher here? In Jewish terms, they would have been known as rabbis. A Jewish rabbi, in the most basic of terms, is a teacher. In the time of Christ, rabbis were respected teachers of the law and religion. The title rabbi or rabboni came into use among the Pharisees, and it means teacher or master. So, this man regarded these teachers as good. That was the standard. And he was asking how to inherit eternal life. So remember these points. While we understand that eternal life would simply mean living forever, a biblical outlook would be actually about knowing Jesus. Like in John 14, where Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Or John 17, 3, where it says, Now this is eternal life, that they know Jesus. But see what Jesus commented. He says, Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Is Jesus here rebuking the man for calling him good and thereby denying his deity? No. Rather, he is using a penetrating question to push the man to think through the implications of his own words, to understand the concept of Jesus' goodness and most especially the man's lack of goodness. Nonetheless, this rich man treats Jesus with respect and as one with authority because why? He knelt before him. This shows that he recognized something special about Jesus. But what you should end is, yes, Jesus was a rabbi, but he was also so much more. If we read Mark 1, 1 itself, Jesus revealed himself to be the Son of God. Instead of following human traditions, they need to seek out the one who will actually set them free. If it's not the law, to set them free, but Jesus Christ himself. Mark 7, 6-7. And lastly, Mark 14, verses 35. Let me read. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Wow. Now the context is Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane following the Last Supper. So you would need to know where this garden is, what the Last Supper is, and he was praying to his father. That's the context. This was one incident where Jesus prays to his father. But you will need to understand what he meant that this hour might pass. It was the hour of his crucifixion. It refers to the suffering he was about to endure. Now reading this reveals that he was in distress and this highlights the humanity of Jesus because he fell on the ground and he asked although he know yet he expressed if it were possible. And another thing to note, he was going a little further which meant he was praying alone. He had to leave his disciples. Now Jesus is fully God but he is also fully human. His human nature, though perfect, still struggled with the need to accept the torture and shame that awaited him. His flesh recoiled from the cross. Jesus knew of what was to come. See Mark chapter 8 verse 31. But the agony he faced was going to be more than physical. It will be spiritual and emotional as well. 
Jesus knew that God's will was to crush him, to allow him to be, as Isaiah 53, 5-10, if you read yourself, pierced for our transgression and wounded for our healing. Jesus loves mankind, but his humanity dreaded the pain and sorrow he faced, and it drove him to ask his father, let this cup pass from me. That's verses uh, 35 onwards. And now this shows the inner struggle of Jesus, but yet knows his immediate destiny. That's the points you put in when you answer the gobbets. Each of the gobbets I unpack are points for you to write down. You comment on points of interest or difficulty in you know, four of the passages you choose, and answering all four passages you choose will give you 25 marks as a total. So, I hope you understood. I'll see you in the next goblet. Ciao.